hello and welcome to another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Uh, a fairly somber podcast for me this evening as an Essendon supporter. It hasn't been a great start to season 2022, but there are a lot of silver linings there that I'll talk about later this evening. Uh, joining me as always is... Um, Amos, Amos, the fan of the third place Hawthorne. Um, how are you going this evening, Amos? Uh, the view from up here, Hamish, is delightful, I have to say. It's, uh, it's glorious. Mm. So I'm going to take it in as much as I can because I'm not sure we'll see much of the rest of it this year, but uh, um, it looks pretty good from up here. I'm just um, reacquainting myself with it, actually, because I've got a bit used to it back in the day. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been up there, but it, it's nice to remember what, what it was like and um, just reminisce. Oh, well, so much so. I might go and watch one of those grand finals after we finish this. <laughs> Cricket's a bit boring at the moment. Uh, yes, it's um, it's another it's another road it's, um, over in Pakistan and it's not quite the exciting test series we were all hoping for, given it's in prime time and given that it's been that long since they played in Pakistan. But um, yes, mm. it might be time to watch a replay of a better game. I might go back to 93 and just reminisce <laughs> about the baby bombers that could actually play. Yeah. So a couple of baby bombers did all right on Saturday. Ah, uh, uh, yes, um, not enough. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the silver lining later on. But um, yeah, there's 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 a few things that need to turn around fairly quickly. Um, how'd you go in your tipping and your super coach after round one? Oh well, super coach, I think I'm in the top fifty four percent. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm dominating there clearly. Um, one of our uh, members is in the top two percent. I noticed in our competition yeah. with a lazy twenty four hundred plus. Yeah. in week one so uh, uh he was quick to point that out to me on sunday night actually um so dan well done mate mm-hmm. uh, keep it up if you can i doubt it but you know yeah. he is a data man so we'll, we'll yeah. have to have to keep an eye on it because yeah. uh he could peel off a couple of uh bangers <laughs> over the season but um yeah so clearly going well tipping oh geez it was a bit of a nightmare i think i finished might have got four maybe five mm-hmm. if I'm lucky. i think i got melbourne and then I think I was waiting until Saturday night before I got another one. So, no, you you must have got six because I got five, and the one that I missed out on um, was you know, the only one we had difference was um, GWS and Sydney. So, you, if you pick Sydney, you must have got one more than the, me there because we picked no, we were okay. the same picks as all the other ones. Unless you saying, unless you no. change tips between the podcast and when you actually <laughs> submitted them at the end of the week. Well, the uh, the tipping competition that we are in is uh, something I take semi-seriously mm-hmm. just because there's a bit of uh, bragging rights at work and, and things like that. So, yeah. um, But I think our tips that we did on Monday last week, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, five, I think you might be right, actually, six. And then I think I stuffed myself up in that competition by tipping Richmond instead of Carlton. Yeah. I, I didn't hold firm. I uh, Look, it, it's it's sad. I was talking to a um, Carlton supporter friend of mine this evening and um, – He's, you know, he's already planning. He's, um, he lives on the, the <laughs> peninsula. He's already planning his trip up for um, grand final day, and you know, working out where he's going to stay. But isn't it good to see Richmond fall off a cliff? Well, uh, it's funny. Uh, I've got a couple of Richmond uh, supporter friends who are already planning their grand final weekend trip to Perth to go and watch uh, Midnight Oil's final concert in Australia. That's been uh, rescheduled uh, to that weekend. So, um, yeah. Um, Interesting that they're already giving up on grand final tickets, <laughs> uh, but they might need to give up give up on a whole lot more, Hamish, because yeah. I suspect that. Uh, uh, whilst I'm going to still back my assertions in about Geelong, with if they get a couple of injuries, 
um, despite beating the Essendon reserves on Saturday, um, they may fall off a quick cliff quite quickly mm-hmm. uh, if some of their older guys uh, don't get through winter. But uh, geez, Richmond looked in a similar boat on Thursday night. Um, some good young players, but some of their premiership stars uh, probably didn't cut the mustard on Thursday night. And uh, if they don't develop the hunger that you need, uh, I, I don't know, they could fall away pretty quickly. Mm. And that's not to say they're going to win a wooden spoon or, or anything like that, but uh, finals chances, it could be a, you know, another lean season like last year. What how, What's Hawthorne's week been like? Well, super successful, mm. as, as we're accustomed to at Hawthorne. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't, can't say that. We, uh, we beat North. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 points wasn't a great game, to be honest. I think my son was falling asleep on my lap at half time at the ground. Um, perked up with his iPad. Surprised me by giving it up as soon as the game started in the third quarter, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, and lucky he did, because uh, that's when we started playing some semi-decent football. Um, it was a pretty good game, to be fair, um, for us. So, um, you know, we had our letter from Jeff this week. Yeah. Stalling the virtues of our new coaching staff and all the efforts of everybody over summer. Um, <coughs> still conditioning Hawthorne supporters for the fact that this year and next year, they're looking at draft picks only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, don't get too carried away with a win over North because uh, I expect it'll come crashing down on Saturday night in, in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, Ma- managing expectations. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but uh, it was good to hear that uh, there was no boardroom talk, finally. Uh, and uh, the Kennedy Center, sorry, the Kennedy Community Center out in Dingley looks like uh, all plans going to time timelines will be mm-hmm. uh, complete at the end of next year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, then the club hopes that from 24 onwards, with that new center in place, so uh, that's when the Mitchell regime will start to bear fruit as well. So, yeah, until you all get shitty in about 18 months' time and want him sacked because he's not winning enough games for you. Well, I think if the club stays along the communication path that uh, seasons 22 and 23 are, are building block years rather mm-hmm. than game-winning years, uh, he'll have every chance. Um, mm-hmm. And he might be uh, one of those few coaches who comes in after a, a legend uh, and mm-hmm. does quite well himself. Um, he, he speaks very well. So, mm-hmm. What about the women's team? Anything going or or the VFL side? Anything exciting going on there? No, well, no VFLW this weekend. Uh, league-wide buy, I call it that. Yeah. Uh, Hawthorne AFLW team have signed up their second player uh, today. It was announced. Um, you just find my article here that because uh, her name is a little difficult to pronounce, I'll mm-hmm. warn you. So watch me screw this up royally. Uh, oops, hang on, click the wrong link. Wrong link there. So uh, also I've picked up uh, 18-year-old Zoe Babakos mm. uh, from Sandringham. Uh, so she is a dynamic small uh, midfield forward player uh, who's uh, only started playing AFL seriously last year, uh, but done well enough to uh, make it onto the Sandringham uh, NAB League list this year um, and has already been uh, selected for Vic Metro. Um play against Vic Country, where she kicked three goals. Uh, and Hawthorne um, obviously kept a keen eye on her because they've snapped her up early before any draft drafting can happen. Um, but uh, standing at 158 centimetres, uh, seems like a pocket rocket that we look mm-hmm. forward to seeing in the brown and gold next year. 
Exciting times. Exciting times indeed. Yeah. And then as for our VFL team, more exciting times because we knocked off uh, the North Melbourne VFL side uh, over at Arden Street by uh, six goals in the final practice match of the VFL summer. Um, and in good news for Hawthorne, uh, Will Day got through unscathed with three quarters and looks like he's a chance to be selected this week against Port. Uh, however, uh, I'd probably prefer he plays another game in the twos just to get a bit of match practice up. Mm. So, yes, all things going well, BFL and AFLW. It hasn't quite been as an exciting week at Essendon, unfortunately. Um, the well, like like you said, the um, BFL women's side had the buy off. Um, I had a, tried to have a look this afternoon to find out what time they were playing on Sunday, but um, I, they hadn't updated the schedule yet, so I don't know if they've come out with the times. No, I haven't seen yet. any um, updates on AFL or BFLW uh, site either. Yeah. So I think that's all games yet to be advised. Yeah, yep, Essendon. The AFL women's side now have a head coach um, that was announced in the last week since we um, last spoke. Uh, Natalie Wood is the new head coach of the AFL women's side. Uh, she has um, been she's the midfield coach um, at um, the Western Bulldogs women's team, and she's also been a coach at uh, as part of the Geelong women's program in the past. So she comes to the um, Essendon AFL women's team highly credentialed. Is she still, well, this season at the Bulldogs? Is that... Or is she, I I believe that there was an agreement that she could leave early because she is already starting to put together the rest of the Essendon yeah. squad given the August start later um early in the season so yeah um, yeah she's putting together her own coaching team and starting to put together the rest of the squad now yeah, um, yeah. to um, launch into the season mm. um the I, I've struggled to find any mention of any VFL men's um practice games this week it seems that. that uh, is that because they're all playing at the MCG on Saturday at 2pm? <laughs> well, yes, um, we, we'll come to that. But um, <laughs> uh, so, but you know, looking forward to um, seeing what happens in round one with the VFL team this weekend and um, looking forward to, um, you know, win, winning a few matches somewhere here or there. Let's hope that um, they can at least be competitive on the park, unlike the AFL side was on um, Saturday afternoon. That wasn't... Um, Certainly wasn't what I expected um, uh, turning on the TV on Saturday afternoon. I was away for the weekend, so I watched it on TV. I didn't actually get to the MCG. If I was at the MCG, I may have left. No, I wouldn't have left early. I lie. I always <laughs> stay there till the end. But um, it was um, a very disappointing day out, and it started bad early, and it didn't really get any better from there. I know. I, uh, I was out at uh, grand final for one of my cricket club teams, and... Um... Which they duly saluted, so well done, lads. But uh, they, um, there was a couple of very smug Geelong supporters already mm. when I arrived, and I was yeah. just like, "Oh, this could be bad news." <laughs> yes. Well, good news, real. I mean, good mm. news. Bombers losing by eleven goals is not bad news, but mm. Geelong winning by eleven goals is not good news. Either. Yeah, look, I I think um, we may have underestimated Geelong. If they stay fit, they're certainly still uh, a competitive team there for at least this year. Um, you know, Hawkins has uh, got, he's a lot closer to the end of his career than he is the start of the career. He still kicked four goals. Stengel, um, you know, he's a pickup for them that they got quite cheaply and he's kicked four goals as well. So um, um, Cameron's an interesting one. Cameron kicked two goals before going off injury, injured after a heavy clash. I believe the articles out this afternoon say he may have escaped serious injury, but it'll be interesting, interesting to see whether he backs up again 
this yeah. week. Well, um, they're playing Friday night, so yeah. six six day break mm. travel, maybe not. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think for me, um, you know, the fact that it was players like Dan- Dangerfield, Stengel, Hawkins, and Selwood that were still standing up for them shows that there's still a lot of talent there if they could stay fit on the park. But I still. I agree with you that um, there's potential there for Geelong to still fall over if they if a couple of those do get injured because I'm not sure that they've got enough leg power in the um, the next lot along um, mm. to keep up the pace that's being delivered by some of these more experienced players. Um, the so where, only... did it all go, where did it all go wrong? Because uh, I mean, look, with the boom team coming out of summer. Um, I uh, you know I I have I. I yeah, everything you heard, the rumours were that um, Stringer was close enough to ready to play, but they just wanted to rest him one more week because, you know, um, we've got Brisbane and Melbourne over the next two weeks, which are, again, going to be tough games. Um, you know, Peter Wright, he put up a contest up there, but he was kind of on his own. And the problem is when the ball came to ground, they, there was no one there. There was no big, strong-bodied forward. There was no Stringer, no McDonald, Tip and Woody to um, sort of get in there and grab the ball. And, you know, Langford went off early with his um, hamstring injury as well. That that's the big downside for the Bombers is he's out for ten weeks now as others are coming in. They wow. they estimate up to ten weeks was the um, article this afternoon. So yeah, Gosh. that's disappointing. But they were just out muscled throughout the ground. Like um, they were playing the they they were trying to play the same sort of game they played last year that worked, but they were chased down and tackled where they'd be able to run more freely last year and um. They, they're going to have to either put on some bulk very quickly or work out a plan B. But having said that, um, you know, we did have the uh, NAB rising star um, come out of the Bombers this week. Uh, Nick Martin seems to be a, um, a, a great find coming in as a supplemental player, uh, making an impact from the first round. He had 27 possessions and kicked five goals. So um, n- not a bad first game. The, I'm sure that's one he'll remember, even, even if it was in a... Um, Scoring side, um, just mm. as a just as an aside, you know, lulling the rest of the competition into a false sense of security. Um, the uh, Nick Martin um, Brownlow Essendon Premiership double <laughs> is paying ten thousand uh, dollars. So you know, get on that now. Put a put a few dollars on there just to um, pay for all your Christmas presents at the end of the year. It's um, guaranteed to win. Not financial. First. Yep, not financial advice, but um, you know, guaranteed. Right, Hamish is already setting up your first home deposit, people. So. Uh... Yeah, yeah, ten dollars ten dollars on that'll put you pay your first home deposit at the end of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, uh, so Langford out ten weeks. Who do you reckon will come in there? Look, I mean, like, do you think there's going to be wholesale changes, or is it just a case of uh, complete aberration? Let's put it behind us and and go hard this week. Oh, look, I. I it, it, you can't make wholesale changes. There's the, it, it, it was an aberration of players that just didn't play to their level. But, uh, you know, String, Stringer won't miss another week. They'll have to bring him back now just to um, put that extra, you know, muscle either when he goes into the middle to uh, uh, rough up a couple of players from the other team or yeah. down forward when need be. Um, yeah. But there's not really anyone like for like to bring in. Like you, mm. you'd bring Harry Jones back when he's fit um, to go up forward as another key position target, but there's not really anyone to bring in and replace them with. Yeah, so he's listed as to be confirmed in terms of yeah. timing. Uh, string is a test, so we know that yeah. that's, that's fair enough. Uh, Tip and Woody, to be confirmed, obviously, uh, it's probably going to take three or four weeks to get yeah. back up to speed, you'd think. Yeah. Uh, fairly indefinite, but not really like for like in terms of length, but anyway. 
but still, um, mm. given your back line, yeah. got monstered by Hawkins, you'd want to see someone of size coming in <laughs> at yeah. some point. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, um, and but I also don't think they will do that um, because, um, you know, even though, you know, Ben Brown seems to have found a bit of form in round one for the... Um, the D's, I don't think he's the same kind of monster forward that um, Hawkins is. So I think, um, I don't think they're going to sort of try and change that um, defensive lineup uh, to worry about that. It's going to, they're going to need to play more the role that they've got because they've got to combat two fast moving forwards in Fritch and, um, and um, Brown. So they're going to have to be able to move fairly quickly there. And I don't think you're going to out body either of them. They're more your, your lead up Mark type forwards anyway. So yeah. 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 Mm. I don't know who's going to get Danaher this week, do you reckon? Or will AFL uh, investigator, or it used to be Ken Wood, I'm not sure who it is anymore with his contract mm. situation yeah. still not being signed off, but um, do you reckon they'll get in first for you? I, oh, look, I, you know, um, I, you laugh at things like that. Um, nudge, nudge, week, week. Of course, you know, of course it's going to be looked at, but um, mm. at the end of the day, I'm sure they're just going to sign off it as long as he's being played by paid by that club and there's no uh, there's no third party agreements or endorsements or anything like that. Mm. It's a it's a it's a couple of column inches that'll um go away as quickly as it's um pushed up. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I suspect uh, yeah. you're right. I don't think there's anything that we're going to yeah. see here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but mm. in in more positive news for the Essendon Football Club as well, um, the media groundswell for Job. Um, having the travesty over, overturned and getting his um, 2012 Brownlow medal um, given back seems to be kicking up steam. There were more media articles this week talking about how now's the right time to fix it and it's time to turn it around. So um, it's good Author- to see that people won't let that die. What's the what's the term we use? Uh, Authorised by H. Jones, uh, family, friends of Essendon Football Club or something like that. Isn't that how we go about these things? Yeah. No, they're just uh, everyone's starting to agree with... Um, Andrew Demetrio and um, the, how that it was a travesty and it should never have been, um, it should never have gone this way in the first place. Gosh, imagine if it did happen. Like one, walking back on that call. Wow. Yeah. Two, what happens to the other two guys? Uh, yeah, immaterial for Joe Watson yeah. and Essendon. Mm. But, um, you know, do you walk back their Brownlow medals or do you just, that's, oh. Oh look! It, I don't want to be that. You know, as much as I say that there's articles there, it's not going to happen. But no. yes, like the can of worms there. If it did happen, um, yeah, because you theoretically you couldn't let um, Mitchell and Cochin keep them because they got they got less votes than him. Yeah, exactly right. If but, he wins it, he wins it, and it's like, yeah. well, sorry guys, but you had the medals back, please. You don't win it anymore. Does that mean he gets two? Gets both there? You know, have to give them each like ceremonial. Yeah grand final day or something yeah. each of them get up there and hang it over his neck or something. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be a turn up for the books wouldn't it mm. <laughs> yeah you're coaching at half time and a great you know coaching might be coaching by that stage or whatever Mitchell who knows yeah. you know, now you got to come out and present Joe's great uh brown light because yeah you've got to take it off yeah. your neck and give it to him <laughs> yeah. too bad about your team talk mm. Yeah, I, I don't know if you watched any of the games of him um, doing special comments there, but I think Job's got a lot of value to add to the football media yeah. landscape this year. I thought oh. he did quite well. I missed, uh, I didn't hear much of his game. I think he did Friday night um, mm. or maybe Thursday night. Um, but I saw or watched a lot of the games that he did last year and, and was pretty impressed. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I think uh, between him, 
Daisy Pierce, uh, uh, someone else I'm trying to think of whose name escapes me just at the moment. But certainly those two last year stood out for me in terms of their ability just to articulate what footballers are doing on mm. the field. Um, you know, uh, much better than a couple of their probably more fancied colleagues um, do, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I actually quite like him as a commentator. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other games sort of take your fancy? Anything else you wanted to highlight from last week's games? No, Melbourne were pretty impressive, weren't they? Mm. I mean, uh, Bulldogs sort of took it right up to them and then Melbourne steamed away. Yeah. eerily like they did in the grand final, but perhaps just not to the same effect. Mm. Um, as I said before, Richmond's got a few concerns about the Tigers. I know a lot of people in the media have pointed it out, but uh, I just remember watching a couple of contests um, in that game where Carlton you know, really went for it uh, and a couple of Richmond players. Not that they pulled back or they didn't do the hard things, but you could see Carlton just wanted it more. Um, you know. So that sort of had me wondering on Thursday night whether Richmond, that hunger is still there to to be as competitive and as ruthless as you need to be to get back to the top. Um, and, I mean, Hawthorne went through it as well in uh, in 2019. You know, we had a brief renaissance in 2018, finishing in the top four, which is probably the, um, I guess, you know, the biggest faux top four finish we've seen for a while because I don't think we're actually at the level ever. Uh, in that year, but um, yeah, 2019 we fell away pretty badly in the early part of the year. Um, yeah, uh, and I'm just wondering if Richmond are going to fall the same way. Um, yeah, and that's not to denigrate what they did over the last few years. It's just a fact of AFL life that everyone gets a year older every year and not as quick or as you know passionate or as hungry or whatever. So um, yeah, but they do need a lift if they're going to be competitive. Uh, and then I think the Gold Coast uh, they had to win mm-hmm. in Perth to sort of stand up and say we're here to be counted um, against the Eagles. And, and West Coast put up a pretty good challenge uh, on Sunday night. Um, and, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, probably could have walked away with a five-goal win. But uh, mm. uh, Gold Coast hung pretty tough in the second half and then ended up reversing the scoreline. So um, I was pretty, pretty, um, pretty happy to see that um, just because I think it's time that they were stood up and were counted for themselves. Um, and, uh, yeah, watching Stuart Jew on uh, AFL 360 uh, last night, uh, the inevitable Clarkson question was asked him, and he's like, I'm not, you know, I'm just invested in what I'm doing here. People can talk about that, but my feedback is from my players and, and the people around me at the footy club. And, um, yeah, we've been on a journey now for four years, five years. Uh, we know where we want to go. And uh, last night was step one for this year. So, he sounded it's pretty unequivocal and that he's not going to be worried about what happens with Alistair Clarkson because ultimately it's out of his control. Yeah. So, but I was pretty happy to see the golf coach. Mm. Yeah, I um, I I think like you, yeah, Melbourne was just impressive again. Like it looked for a while there in the second quarter that um that maybe they weren't quite the team they were last year, but it sort of followed exactly the same script as the grand mm. final, as you said, it's a, they fell away and then they um, just found a, found another level and found another gear and um, did it relatively easily in the end. Um, um, but, you know, the Bulldogs will win a lot of games this year and Norton's going to kick a lot of goals. He, he kicked four goals there again. And um, 
with Bruce out for most of the season up forward, I think um, he's going to be that key target. And um, uh, I still stick by, um, even though we had two first gamers kicking five goals, I still stick yeah. by him winning the, um, the, um, the Brown or not the Brownlow, the Coleman, the Coleman. Um, because yeah. he, um, he's just that key forward that um, knows how to find a market, knows how to um, kick it through the middle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty happy with that selection for Coleman, yeah. to be honest. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, as as much as um, it disappoints me to see Carlton fans happy, it it makes me happier to see them happy than it. Um, well, happier to see <laughs> Richmond sad than it does um for them um, to be happy. So I'm happy to see that. But does that um, fluctuate you know, in terms of like you know Richmond have been up for a while, so it's time. For oh no, Richmond are the worst fans in the AFL. Absolutely <laughs> the worst fans in the AFL, and um. And it's got no, it's got nothing to do with a traumatic experience I had when I was three years old at um, Princess Park, but you know, they're um well no, I was five, but um, I was five and I was well attacked verbally by a member of the um, Richmond um, cheer squad, and of course I wasn't doing anything wrong by you know talking I've about um, <laughs> um, yeah, talking about um, Richmond fans, but yes, no worst fans in the AFL. Um, but wasn't a, a great story seeing Doherty back and seeing him kick a goal as well. I thought that was um, that's the magic of footy sometimes. Even if it's happening yeah. for another team, it was good to see him get on the field and be be amongst their best players because he was. Oh he yeah, was, um, he was he was brilliant. And yeah. kicking a goal, you know, which mm. is always the cherry on top, isn't it? So yeah. I think someone it might have been Sam Mitchell actually yeah. said, you know, that's the the life story of round one, isn't it? But yeah, nothing nothing will top that. So mm. yeah. yes, it's, uh, except a Hawthorne victory. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wanted to contrast Carlton, who I, I think have a lot more expectation on them, and Collingwood. Are Collingwood going to be one of those teams that exceeds their expectations this year, given how well they did against St Kilda, or did St Kilda just play that badly? Uh, I watched that game, or most of it, when I wasn't interrupted by the kids and whatnot, or the cricket. Mm. No, the cricket wasn't on. Um, Collingwood looked pretty good, but I guess it looked like, um, you know, carefree. Get out mm. and enjoy playing a game of footy, um, you know. Um, and you know, sometimes you wonder if that's just the bounce of having a new coach who's sort of mm. gone out and taken the shackles off. Um, you know, I think if they come up against better sides than St Kilda, they'll probably get found wanting a little bit defensively, um, mm. and not that they have a bad defence. It's more just St Kilda didn't put much time into them in the middle. Hence, yeah. Colin were able to walk through a few times and kick easy goals. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Saints made a game of it. They were in it at three-quarter time. Colin would kick, I think, the first three goals of the last quarter, really, to sort of make it hard for the Saints. If I'm St Kilda, I'm pretty disappointed that I lost that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have penciled that in for a win in round one, um, particularly as we know that Colin would have rebuilding, uh, if you wanted to call it that. Um, I think Colin was a good players, played well, uh, and, yeah, got a bit of uplift from some of the, a couple of their young kids, you know, I mean, Nick Dacos showed why he was drafted so high. Uh, it looks like a Rolls Royce, that kid. Um, you know, so uh, don't be surprised if he's a, a rising star nominee in the next few weeks. Um, however, you know, as we all know, with kids, uh, you're going to get a bit of bounce factor. So yeah. um, I'm always a bit reticent to sort of yeah. say that they're going to exceed expectations because we do know that, you know, mm. Next week, they could fall flat in their face. Yeah, I think in any other season, um, Nick Dacos, or any other round, Nick Dacos could have got the rising star based on his game. But when you've come up against um, Nick Martin kicking five goals and Josh Rochelle kicking five goals for the um, yeah. 
crows, you're, you're going to, um, you, it's, it's an anomaly for um, that many first gamers to do so well in the one round. So I think, yeah, um, yeah I, I think you're right. I think he, he's definitely going to, um, um, he's definitely going to get it um, that um, rising star nomination this year. I think Rochelle will too. And, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that Nick Martin kicked five goals and had 27 possessions, he'd have gone close himself. Mm, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, yeah, if the Crows had a one, uh, whether the nod goes his way. Yeah. Um, but equally, I think Martin was probably a more... Well, I won't say complete performance because I didn't see either of them. I just sort of read the notes. But um, mm. yeah, I think Rochelle is stiff. But yeah, that's what happens sometimes. So, mm. But I mean, listening to the Essendon game on the radio in the car, uh, the only Bombers name you really heard consistently was Nick Martin. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I think... Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and you're that, exactly right. Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, watching the game, his possessions were more impactful. I mean, Zach mm. Merritt had 39 possessions, but didn't do anything with them. And, you know, when you one of your best players who's on a long-term contract now has 39 possessions, you expect them to do more with them and be yeah. able to turn the game and get the game back on um, back on an even that's keel for you. Yeah, but I also guess, like, you know, as you know, Tom Mitchell gets criticised for having high possessions but not doing yeah. much. Mm. Um, sometimes... The person on the other end of that position, you know, yeah, either stuffs it up or does yeah. bugger all with it, and yeah. therefore that makes the yeah the first part of the chain mm. not look great. So, um, you know, uh, you know, not every player can gain six hundred meters yeah. every week. Mm. Uh, so sometimes I, I find that sort of criticism sometimes, you know, to be a bit misleading. Uh, but equally, as you say, sometimes you do think, well, Merritt's a pretty pretty handy offensive mm. player. Um, but um, yeah, if there's no one to kick it to at the yeah. forward line. Yeah, I think the big difference between Martin and Rochelle, I'm just looking at Rochelle's stats, he's only had 14 dis- disposals yeah. from the game to 27. Yeah. So that's probably what the main differentiating factor was. And probably so, even if they had got across the line, you'd still stick with Martin based on the hmm. possession numbers alone. So is Nick Martin going to be a midfielder? Is he forward? What's the, what's the story? Uh, I think. Um, sort of that wing forward flank player is mm. the main intention, but he can get in and under and get the ball mm. if he needs to. It's just, um, you know, not having played at the AFL level, he doesn't have, like you look at him compared to some of the others and he's tiny, yeah. even though he's 21. So I think because he's 21, he's body, he's body fit, he's match fit better than a few of the others just because he's yeah. got a little bit of extra age, but he still needs yeah. to add some bulk there a bit just to... Um, mm not get knocked around, but you know, he didn't get knocked around. He did, he did more with it than some of the others. So, um, well, yeah. begs the question too, mm-hmm. you know, we're just talking about, um, uh, you know, three pretty standout performances from NAB rising star, NAB rising star, who knows, but, mm. um, you know, eligible players, but then you've got Jack Hayes for the saints who almost won the game off his own boot. Yeah. He's ineligible because he's 26. Mm. Um, either do we change the award to be best first year player or under 20 games or something, or, do we have a best first year player award and a rising star, you know, for the young, mm, yeah. the younger group, you know, because like, mm. we're, we're seeing more and more podsy Adleys, as it yeah. were, coming through. Mm. <laughs> yeah, who could be the difference between a team uh, being quite successful and not, just because they've had four or five years in a system to get used to playing against men and whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, he looks, geez, he looked good the other night too. So. Mm. It's uh oh, we'll uh, probably use that as a segue because yeah. uh, Jason Horn Francis uh, in the Hawthorne North Melbourne game. I think North supporters would be quite excited by what they saw. Yes, he you know, even it. though it's thirteen touches and a goal doesn't sound like a spectacular debut. 
uh, some of those touches were yeah. had me excited. He, he he's a, he's a very silky player, isn't he? He's oh. gonna um, he's gonna turn games if he could stay fit and stay healthy. He's gonna turn games in the future, and yeah, um, yeah. In a similar vein to that, we, that's what I really liked about the um, the Gold Coast game. Um, well, I mean, firstly, it was impressive that West Coast was competitive for so long, given mm. how shallow their list is with injuries and COVID and everything else that's going on. But yeah. wasn't it great to see both Matt Rowell and Isaac Rankine um, have great games after having yeah. much of their careers be injury cruel to suddenly <laughs> come out and put it together on the park? Uh, I just hope that they can both, yeah, except against Essendon. No, I don't want them to get injured, but I want them to have bad games to get it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Isn't it good to see them actually delivering on the talent that pretty much everyone knew that they had? Oh, look, those four guys... Uh, so you've got uh, Lacocious, uh, Rankin, Rao, and Noah Anderson. You know the yeah. top two picks in in their respective draft years. Uh, they can build a whole club around that. Yeah. And Ben King, obviously. Um, you know, and then there's others like we haven't seen yet, like Elijah yeah. Holland's coming. You know, who's come off a knee last year. Uh, who'll get is in the Rankin mold from all mm. the So, you know, they've got they've got the talent there, and it'd be good to see them finally put something together and. Yeah, as I say, when not playing Hawthorne, um, mm. the old saying, all the best young man, but yeah. not too much luck. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's good to see. So, you know, hopefully they get a few scalps this year and yeah. push up the ladder. But and, you know, with um, uh, Tuke Miller and uh, Jared Witts leading the way, there's um, they've got that slightly older group too that are coming through and have stayed there. So hopefully, um, yeah, they can keep these young guys there and um, build something only to lose against Essendon in a grand final. <laughs> now, we haven't got Kyle Remus to uh, you know, kick eight and uh, really, yeah. really do- demolish them. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll have to get through Hawthorne first. And uh, like I said earlier, I'll, I'll do a bit of a, a detail game analysis if you if you mm-hmm. bear with me on that. But, uh, um, yeah, Hawthorne and North Melbourne, like the Gold Coast, have been uh, two teams who are probably going to feature the lower end of the ladder. It wasn't yeah. a highly skillful game. It was very competitive. Both teams uh, left it all out there. Uh, there's no, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was 38,000 at the G on Sunday, and it was a perfect day for footy. Uh, it was great. Um, and it was just good to be back at the footy, Hamish. I mean, you'll yeah. um, when you get to the next, I presume you'll go on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Saturday afternoon, 4.35, a ridiculous time, yeah. but I will be there. <laughs> I mean, it was just good to scream and shout mm-hmm. a bit at the footy. And, you know, uh, George was with me, my six-year-old, and he's like, Dad, why does everyone keep saying all? I'm like, no, mate, they're screaming ball. It's like, well, they've got a ball. What do we need that for? <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Mm-hmm. When, when, when your team tackles the other team, you want the free kick and you start screaming ball. Anyway, I said, you'll get it eventually this year. I'll make sure you get it. But uh, it was good to be back at the footy. Great to be back at the G. Uh, the first half was hardly inspiring. Not a great advertisement mm-hmm. for um, uh, AFL footy. But... Uh, from a Hawthorne perspective, it was great to see Jack Gunston and um, James Sisley back and looking as if they'd never left between them, really. Uh, Jack Gunston looked like he was in his mid-20s, not his early 30s. And um, you know, and Sisley, um, yeah, it was just classy off halfback. I mean, his first kick that he attempted, uh, you know, he could have easily just gone and dumped one down the line, safety kick, but he's picked out a 35-metre pass in the corridor, which um, yeah, led to a scoring opportunity. Um, and as someone from Hawthorne said after the game, that's not a kick you see if you're looking at someone building a bit of confidence coming back off a long-term injury. So, um, you know, 
there's a, a lot to look forward to off the halfback line for, for Hawthorne, um, particularly with Chanky uh, Jeff. Uh, he started on the bench on Sunday, which raised eyebrows, but geez, when he came on, he made an impact. Uh, North Melbourne got off to the quickest of starts, kicking a goal in the first 30 seconds. And, you know, I was a bit nervous going into the game, thinking it's really a banana skin for us. Um, and my heart sunk a little bit when North Melbourne waltzed out of the centre and Hawthorne didn't touch the ball and they kicked a goal. So, um, and that continued to happen right during the first quarter. Uh, Hawthorne's centre clearance work was deplorable, but, uh, um, anyway, I wrestled a bit of control back thanks to Mitch Lewis um, taking six marks in the first quarter uh, and he looks on song for a, a big year um, took uh, nine marks, six contested kick three goals um, just probably needs to uh, kick a big bag of goals just to get a bit of confidence I think his highest is three, but he's done that a few times so if he can get up to five, six or seven in a game, yeah, really tip, uh, tear it to shreds he, he's going to be anything that kid um, North, geez, uh, they were good in the middle. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting here for Todd Goldstein for North Melbourne because I think clearly they're wanting to move past him, but he's still good enough to command a position in mm. the 22. So, uh, But I think he's going to spend a bit of time forward and a bit of time on the bench uh, so that uh, Trish and Zeri and a couple of others can, can get that time in the middle for them. Uh, I mean, he kicked two goals up forward, took a couple of contested marks and, and could have pinched the game for the Kangaroos uh, in the second half. But, um, yeah, they just didn't have the cattle in the end. As I said, Jason Horn francis he looks, he's a man. He's a man-child. Mm. You know, I got him confused with Hugh Greenwood a couple of times just with the blonde hair and, and the body shape and things like that. Um, and if you look at him, you know, he's got the moustache, he's 18, big hips, big shoulders, and you just think, God, he's going to cruise through 10 years of quality football, yeah. at least. Uh, you know, I'm not going to liken him to anybody just yet, but body shape and, you know, he's got a bit of the Rashudo and Dustin Martin about him in, mm. in terms of that sort of power. Um, a couple of his uh, finishes, as I said, you know, kicking 40-metre bullets to leading teammates and things was just, even I was excited by it. So, yeah. uh, But Hawthorne's own draft pick, um, Young Ward and McDonald made their debut for the club and they were both pretty good. Uh, not standouts by any means. Both had a couple of passages that uh, you can certainly see why they were taken, you know, so early. Uh, Josh Ward in particular, a um, couple of, you know, kicks where there's a lot of people around him just moves through the traffic and pick the right option uh, really well. Um, so very happy with that. Um, I think uh, a lot of skill errors in the game, drop marks, a lot of basic errors, which, you know, Hawthorne played Port Adelaide this week. Um even though Port are a bit banged up already, uh, a good team like them will make us pay more than North did. So, um, yeah. <coughs> um, but we're in for a big, <coughs> a big first few games, I think. Um, I expect probably a five to six goal loss against Port. Mm. And then we play the Blues with Vossi's return, given he's out with COVID this week. Poor guy. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then we've got the Saints. Yeah, so conceivably we could be two and two after four rounds, which is probably more than what people expected. Um, but, you know, I went into a game against St Kilda last year thinking we are going to win and we got smacked by 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, uh, that would be interesting. But what I really like, Tamish, uh, is post-game. So, uh, you know, the club celebrated as a whole. Uh, Sam Mitchell made sure to include everybody in the in the club song um, just as a, a thank you for I know, getting 
you know, everybody to that point. Uh, and he speaks really, really well. Um, mm. Obviously, a lot easier to speak after a victory. There's no doubt about that. Um, but he made a point on AFL 360 of saying that, you know, the, the guys were pretty jovial and smiling and joking yesterday when they came into the club. Uh, and so he said, well, you're going to do that after a win. You've got to do that after a loss too. You can't just be, uh, you've got to be consistent in your attitude, which, which I really like. So, um, so I think he's going to make a pretty good fist of coaching, to be yeah. honest. So all in all, a pretty good day. Happy to take a 20-point win. Yeah. A lot of work for improvement. But uh, happy with that and happy that Gunston and Sicily got through on stage. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm not going to talk too much about the Essendon game because the less the less talked about that traumatic experience, the better. <laughs> yeah. But there are some pretty damning statistics for the Bombers that um, a truck's going to have to work on. And um, he, he's, he said it in the media himself that um, the midfield's going to have to lift their game because they just disappointed and they didn't do mm. what they're... Um, paid to do and what they're out in the park to do. But, you know, I mean, Essendon had more disposals and more marks, um, significantly more disposals and significantly more marks. They had 408 disposals to 389 and they had 119 marks to 76. But mm. the two damning statistics for me were um, inside 50s. The Cats had 63 to the Bombers 48. You're not going to, yeah. um, you're not going to win a game of football if the inside 50 differential is that big, but more importantly, and what was obvious, um, like I said, I was away, so I was watching on TV, but what was, what was obvious on the TV was the clearances, um, 51 to 27. Um, it looked like it looked like Draper was dominating in the ruck, and he was, but, um, you know, he and he'd tap it down to where the Essendon players were, but immediately, and I'm, I'm talking immediately, there was a Geelong player on them, and the Geelong players mm-hmm. got the ball and got it out. They got the clearance, and um, that it, there was no... Um, counteract to that in the first half, like in the, and they were t- they were ten goals down at half time, so um, you know it was they were, it was a seven goal first quarter for Geelong, so it was all, it was over at quarter time really, but they were ten goals down at half time, and then uh, the second half was actually fairly even, both sides kicked eight goals. I mean, I think um, Geelong might have kicked a few more points than Essendon did, so you know um, mm. probably a still a slight win to them, but it was much more even. Um, but you know the damage had already been done, and you can't afford to. Um, give someone like Geelong that sort of head start because they're just not going to let you back into the game. No, they're, they're two they're season pros, aren't they? Mm. Uh, and if they get a lead like that, they're not going to let it go, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so it's, mm. uh, I was going to ask you yeah, with the Bombers, you talked about the midfield and you know, that's been all the reports coming out. Do you think they just weren't on or was it a case of, uh, you know, they read a bit of, bit of their own media or, um, I think know, it's, Ge- yeah. Ge- Geelong were just, up for it. I mean, it, clearly Geelong are up for the challenge again this year. And um, it, it was their seasoned professionals that did the hard work for them. Um, and, you know, they've topped that up with um, a player like Stengel. So they've, um, mm. it's, it's seasoned football professionals that did the work that they needed. Um, oh, look, it's hard to say whether, um, you know, they're starting to believe their own media, but that there is a chance that this, that I mean, they um you know, I'm not sure Mick Malthouse would still have them as um, premiership favourites, but when someone tells you your premiership favourites, hard not to hear that. But um, yeah, yeah. Look, I guess you can only sort of tell um, how they've responded when we get to Saturday <laughs> afternoon against Brisbane, because Brisbane are a top four side, and um, they've been somewhat of a bogey side for the Bombers. So, um, you know, look, Essendon could very easily be zero and three after three rounds because it's Melbourne the following week. So it's not um, oh, and especially yeah. after last week. It's not a um, 
it's not exactly uh, the two games you'd want um, coming into the next rounds after that. They'd they'd be preferring a um, a West Coast or you know no offense, but a Hawthorne or someone like mm. that to play just to try and get a bit more confidence and get a bit more ease there. But um, they're going to struggle. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I thought Brisbane, you know, just touching on that for a second, got a bit lucky on Saturday night. Port had it all over them, mm. uh, and then just ran out of cattle because they had three or four on the bench, you know, uh, and that sort of stuff. But um, you're right. Like, you know, you can only tell uh, what goes on uh, until when they run out on Saturday. And I mean, if they lose against the Lions, which is probably expected, you just want to see effort. Mm. You know, and if it's a 20 point loss, you can probably cop that. Yeah. Um, as long as you don't kick seven goals, 20 or something like that. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that's, yeah, that's just the key, isn't it? Just effort. Because yeah. it's one thing to get beaten, but it's one thing to get absolutely smashed. Mm. Where you can clearly see that there's not much defensive work going in. No hunt for the ball. Clearance is, is the key there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, interesting to see. But, uh, any, any other any bugbears, anything creeping in that you didn't like apart from, uh, you know, from outside umpiring or anything like that that you're not happy with? Oh, no, I can't even blame the umpires because Essendon <laughs> have more free kicks. <laughs> oh, no. That's the one state you don't want to win when you lose by 11 goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I got a bit. I was amazed. I even said to George, he goes, Dad, why are you so happy? This is in the last quarter when the game was still on the balance. Because mm. we just got our first holding the ball free kick for the year, mate. Hawthorne never get holding the ball free <laughs> kick. So we got two in two minutes. I couldn't believe it. So mm. uh, that will be a watch. Uh, yeah. And I may comment weekly on that. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's always nice talking to someone who, like you who's uh, come off a, a big loss. But uh, no doubt my turn will come <laughs> in short. Yeah short turnaround i'm sure so. uh you know what we haven't talked about we haven't talked about the tribunal yet oh yes goodness me mm. uh willie rioli getting off what an amazing call that is yeah i think all, all the all the talk was how do you only get one week mm. so i can imagine that uh, jared and robo will be aghast tomorrow I night do, i do wonder whether the afl is going to appeal the decision given that you know it was head yeah like that I, I guess um you know everyone's lucky and Rao most of yeah. the, that there was no serious head injury there, but um, like given all the other discussions around head injuries and concussion of recent times, the fact that, um, you know, he's hit him in the head. I, I think they're trying to claim it was a marking contest, but at the end of the day, um, I, none of the footage <laughs> I've seen makes it look like it no. was a serious marking attempt to me, or even if it was a serious marking attempt, one that he should be able, allowed to try to do anyway. Well, I, like, I, I can't believe the, the tribunal swallowed that. Hmm. You know, you've got uh, three fairly esteemed ex-players on that list, uh, yeah. and they bought it. I can't believe it. Because hmm. uh, as you say, even if it was a genuine marking attempt, it was still clumsy. Yeah. Ill, it, it was just a poor attempt uh, yeah. that should be yeah, and, and yeah, you know, to use current vernacular, the optics are not good. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if the AFL came out uh, tomorrow and said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a crack." Mm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, and I feel for uh, Mitch Robinson, who you know didn't get off, uh, yeah, mm. making forceful front-on contact, but he, uh, from the vision that I saw, um, you know, he he tried to pull up, yeah. uh, but but couldn't. Um, yeah. Whereas Willie Rioli just went bang. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And Sloane's um, 
Sloan's was overturned as well. He, he's still been given a fine, but he managed yeah. to convince them that his actions were careless rather than intentional. So that um, I, was downgraded. Yeah. I, look, if, if ever there was a player who was going to get off it, it was Rory Sloan. I don't mm. think he's a, uh, yeah, from a, I don't think he's got a malicious bone in his body that way. Like yeah, and I think and, given his break. own history with eye injuries, I think yeah. it's um, fair to say that he's not going to intentionally um, no. lash out at someone else like that. No, no, I think mm. uh, I think we all saw that one coming. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. So not too uh, disappointed with that. Mm. So yeah, but uh, still, still getting over the Willie Rioli decision. To be honest. So. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I, don't, I don't think we'll, we've heard the last of that, and it may still be a discussion point next week, depending on what happens and what the results are. Yeah, well, yeah, it might be a court case coming up. Who knows? But mm. uh, you know the way these things go. But um, yeah, I actually be very surprised if the AFL would be stepping mm. in and say, "Yeah, we're we're challenging this." So yeah. yeah. So anything we... else out of round one? Uh, no, I was I was just going to ask, do we want to share our early tips for next round or should we save them for later in the week on the Facebook page and after we've had a bit more chance to look at the form? And... Oh, no, I'm happy to give, give the tips just with the brighter that they may change depending <laughs> they may on change. Team, yeah. team, team selection. It's a bit easier to tip uh, this week because I think it's only a Thursday night game to kick us off. But Yeah, uh, yeah. Bulldogs uh, and Carlton. Oh, geez. Yeah. Got to go to Dogs, mm. I think. Uh, you've got to back them in to, to put it wrong. What will change my tip is if uh, Bonton Pelly doesn't get up. Yeah. Uh, however, it'll be interesting to see how the Blues go because it'll probably be a little bit of a disruptive week with uh, Voss not being around the club because mm. of COVID. Uh, I think they've only lost Jack Martin as well uh, yeah. for that. So no other players seem to have gone. They seem, to have, it, so. a, they seem yeah. to have dodged a bullet there with the COVID, yeah. yeah. As did Hawthorne last week. You know, I was expecting mm. once you hear two players go down, you probably think it's four or five more. But yeah, um, yeah no. So, uh, does yeah. So Bulldogs on the proviso that Bonson probably plays. Uh, yeah, and no, I'm with the Bulldogs, but I think even without the Bont, they I think um, they showed. Yes, Melbourne is a better side than them, and Melbourne won relatively easily. But they they showed enough for me to think. Yeah, um, whilst Carlton were good, um, I think they're playing a different side this week. So um, yeah, uh, well, there, there's also that the bounce back that I talked about too. Mm-hmm. You know, the first game and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. uh, I mean, look, I hope the Blues win. Never liked the Bulldogs, but uh, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if uh, they gave them a touch up. Swans and Cats in Sydney. Oh, this is this is juicy. This game. Yeah. Uh, look, jeez. Well, I think I'm going to go the Swans. One because it's in Sydney. Mm. Two, the Cats had it pretty easy on Saturday, as you said. Uh, and sometimes that's not a great thing. Uh, but uh, on the SCG. Uh, Hopefully, Buddy gets his thousand. Mm. Uh, a bit of a spoiler alert: we will do a special on Buddy over the next couple of weeks because uh, it's a pretty momentous occasion in league history. So, um, just putting that together as we speak, mm. uh, it'll be the sixth player to do that. So, but I'll take this one. Yeah, I, th- I I agree. I think only because it's in Sydney is I'm, uh, I'm sort of leaning that way. If it was in Melbourne, uh, it'd be played down at Geelong. Then I'd probably mm. think that you know it. But I think this is a game that will come down to that home ground advantage and um, playing at yeah. the SCG, that small um, that small ground, it's um, very easy to get help Buddy get his um, four goals that he needs to get to 1,000. I think that'll help get him across the line. Yep. Pies and Crows at the uh, G. you got to say, uh, could be a nil all draw, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I think you got to say the Pies on form. I mean, yeah. the Crows did everything but win on Sunday. Yeah. Um, mm. 
So I'm going to say the Pies. It's in Melbourne. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of a uh, a drop off as well. Uh, yeah, I'm with the Pies too. Um, bombers and Lions. Got to go to the Lions. No, nah, I'm sticking with the Bombers. They'll bounce back. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, well, how many yeah. goals are you going yeah, no, I reckon four goal win to the Bombers on Saturday oh. afternoon. They're going to go. Yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Uh, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. Well, I well, Hawthorne were never played well uh, or never beaten Port, even when we were good. So oh, I lie, of course we did, but um, Port by five or six goals. Though. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I don't think it'll be as um, dominant as some might expect and what the odds might reflect when we get there on um Saturday night, but um, yeah, I think Port Adelaide should have it fairly comfortably. Yeah, uh, Suns and the D's. Oh, I think you have to go to the Demons, although a oh, 10 yeah. day 10 day break already, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, yeah. you got to go to the Demons. Yeah, I just um, they're, they're in another league to everybody else. I think they, they should do it relatively easily. Yeah, um, North and Eagles in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, I mean, North Melbourne, look. Obviously, there are deficiencies, skill errors, and all the rest of it, which could be a bit of rust. Mm. You know, obviously things go up a notch in the first, you know, once you get to the real four-point games. Uh, I gotta go north. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards them now, but you know, if the Eagles get a few players back, that mm. may sort of change my opinion come later in the week. Yeah, I think oh, I suppose the big concern for me is Char- uh, Ben McCarry went down with concussion. Uh, Pretty early in the game against Hawthorne, which probably actually, you know, allowed us to to run away with it mm. in the end. So he's obviously not going to be there. Most uh, the Eagles still have a pretty decent forward line. Darling looks like he might come back. So uh, I'll stick with North for now. Yeah. That could be another change. Tigers and Giants. The G. Uh, yeah. And you go the Giants, even though they don't play well with the MCG. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think Richmond have shown where how deficient they are now, and um, interesting. Tom Lynch just doesn't seem to have um fired a shot in recent times, and that's um, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a good, good point you make. You know, there was an article today about is he the million dollar man or whatever it was. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just wonder if he's sort of stuck between that. Yeah, you know, my first banana or second banana. Yeah, but, you know, uh, but I think it's time for him to become the man because we yeah. know that you know Jack Relock's not going to be around forever. So yeah, time to be and the first. But they they got him in for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to wrap it out the round, we've got the Dockers and the Saints. Oh, I've got to go to the Dockers in Perth. They'll be yeah. pretty happy after beating Adelaide, yeah. and you know, Kilda didn't look. Well, they looked okay. They didn't look great. Mm. Surprise, so yeah, and they got to go over to Perth for this. So yeah, mm. I'm with you. I, I'm Do we know if there's any? There. I don't know. Did. Was there any fans in the ground at West Coast the other night? Or are they under COVID, <coughs> excuse me, under COVID restrictions? Um, well, there's still restrictions there, but I don't know. I, I must admit I didn't watch that game. I only read mm. the sort of things afterwards. Um, so, yeah. But, um, yeah. Be interesting no, no, to see I, mean, this. I mean, it's not going to change my tip, but it'll just be interesting no. to see if... Um, I'll just quickly look that up while we're here. It's uh, a match report saying. No, I'm going to easily come through with it. But um, actually, there's a picture with fans in the background. So, yes, fans are allowed in. So, mm. um, yeah, so that's definitely Dockers. 
you going to make any massive changes to your super coach team coming into round two? Are you going to use your two trades or are you saving them for later in the year? Uh, I haven't really looked at it, to be honest. We do have a bit of work to do in our defense. Seems to be lacking a little bit. Uh, so uh, that will be where any changes come. We have pretty happy with the midfield. Forwards, pretty good. So it depends how much value I can get in this early part of the year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, uh, look I got 2200 in the first round so that's a reasonable score uh, that put me top 30% I think it was but um, there's there's no one that I can really think I should throw them out so I think I'll stick fairly close to where I am just for at least the next couple of weeks and see what happens yeah I was doing that I did uh, uh, enact the uh, the small cheat you can where mm-hmm. if one of your uh, emergencies play as well, and you just dump in someone who didn't play. Yeah. Because uh, Jack Hayes would have got me up, yeah, another 100 points or so. So, uh, but uh, anyway, lucky we're not playing for points just yet. Mm. So, uh, but no, I think there won't be too many changes this week. I think we'll wait for um, uh, when the real stuff starts. Mm. Well, that's it for another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Uh, we may be back twice next week, depending on how many goals uh, Buddy picks. But uh, until then, have a great night. See you, Amos. Enjoy, everyone. Speak soon.